share with you about dealing with fear and uncertainty. Uh, even though there's an expectation that we have of good things that are coming, there's still a lot of folks out there that are dealing with fear and dealing with uncertainty and being across, uh, going across the nation again, just uh, seeing that wherever you go, there's still a lot of fear and uncertainty, and I want to just talk about that uh, here this morning. So if you have your Bibles, and uh, we can turn to Hebrews uh, chapter 12 and the first uh, 17 verses. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easy trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. And after all, you have not given up your lives and your struggle against sin. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't take, sorry there, don't take light of the Lord's discipline. Don't give up when he corrects you, for the Lord disciplines those he loves. And the Lord punishes each one as he accepts as his child. As you endure his divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you're illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits and live forever? For our Heavenly Father disciplined us for a few years. Our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in His holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, it's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands, strengthen your weak knees, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Father, we thank you for your word here this morning. We thank you for each person that is here this morning. And we just pray that, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word, the Bible today, and we ask that in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, this morning, I just want to speak to you about dealing with some fears and uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but I, I trust that you've noticed that as well uh, in our community or wherever you go or wherever you've been on holidays, that there's been a fear and uncertainty that people are still struggling with. I know we've come through a few crazy years with COVID and all the restrictions and you know, we're still dealing with consequences of that. And I'm finding that people are struggling to get back to themselves. Society is not the same, and church isn't the same either. And I think maybe a better word would be recovery, uh, that we're in a position or a place or still in recovery, and some people better maybe than others. And as you look around, there's still anger, there's still mistrust, there's 
still hardships, there's still controversies that are still going on as people are trying to struggle with all that has happened and there's still an unrest in regards to what our future might be. And it really kind of causes people to stress about the future and sometimes those attitudes kind of get out of control where sometimes people say things they shouldn't say or do things they shouldn't do and a lot of things, people are out of character right now, it seems. And I know as you listen to the news, well, they don't give you much hope. And you kind of listen if you're listening into, you know, all the podcasts about churches and what's happening in the church. Uh, a lot of that is kind of bad news. It depends what you're listening to. And you see there's a lot of dissatisfaction that's out there too. But what I'm finding is that a lot of people are just focusing on negative and are missing all the positive things that are happening in, its, in our midst. And I realize you know, it can be very easy to get caught up in the negative. It's very easy to kind of get a bad attitude, which is something we really don't want to have. And, and times like these can really cause a, a, a lot of reevaluation in our lives. And even down to reevaluations about where does God fit in my life? Now, Sometimes that can be good, sometimes that can be bad. Now, it depends. You know, if a person reevaluates their, their Christian experience or their walk with God and they decide to walk away from God, that's not a good thing. But if a person goes through a reevaluation time with, uh, with God and sees that, you know what, I really do need God in my life, and, th and they respond to that with a greater passion to serve Jesus Christ. And, you know, I'm seeing that actually take place that, you know, this evaluation at first I found it quite fearful to see, uh, seeing many people leave the church or walk away from the church. But I've been seeing a lot of those same people uh, coming back to church. And they're coming back with a new passion, a new desire to serve the Lord. And they're, they're realizing, you know, I really do need God in my life. And, and for those that are not there, I just pray that God give them a fresh encounter. Fresh encounters with God are very, very important. And I think sometimes we allow those encounters to grow cold in our lives, or they become something that we refer to, you know, 25 years ago, or 10 years ago, five years ago, I remember this, that God did this in my life. And really, we should be able to all testify, you know, this week, God was doing something in my life. You know, this week, God showed me something. And we need to get back to that place where we're looking to the Lord, expecting from the Lord to hear from Him, and that he will speak to us. And I'm finding that more and more that God is indeed speaking to his people and even speaking to the world. Uh, I'm finding it very amazing how quickly people are hearing from God that have never been a Christian and, and they look to God and all of a sudden they're just hearing from God so clearly. And I think that's uh, pretty awesome. And uh, that, that's something that we want to see continue to happen. You know, as we... Look at our, our world right now, and you know sometimes we, we get in that mode, or the world is trying to tell us that this is only happening to us. You know, this has never happened before. None of these things have happened before, even with the weather. You know, oh, this has never ever happened to be before. And you know, yes, you can look at history. To me, all you need to do is just talk to someone who's older than you, and you'll find out. Yes, it has. Uh, these things have happened before. And uh, you know, I, I see sometimes out there a lot of panic. And uh, as people start focusing on, on different things, they start focusing on, you know, the environment. Oh, that's going all crazy. Or the sickness is going crazy. Uh, then some are focused on the end of the world is here. Or as Christians, sometimes we can get so focused that Jesus is coming. 
that we're not paying attention to what else that Jesus is also doing. And, and some people are worrying about their future and, you know, are we going to be able to survive? Are we going to be able to enjoy? Are we going to be able to serve God? And just all kinds of things are going out there. And then, you know, we have the conversations about the government and which government is really the right choice. I, I know which one it is. I, I don't know if you do, but uh, actually, if you live in Alberta, I think you do. But anyway, but you know what? That's affecting us all. And there's a lot of uncertainty out there. There's some fear, and that even affects us as Christians, too. And I know there's all kinds of differences of opinions, and we could stand up here and give all of our opinions, and I don't think you would enjoy that too much. Uh, and that's why I like to look at what does the Bible say? What is the Word of God saying to us? Because that's what's really important. You know, my opinion, I'm sorry, it doesn't really matter, nor does your opinion really matter, is what God has to say to us. And throughout the Bible, we see story after story how people, even back to the Bible, handle times of fear and uncertainty in the world. And that should cause us, you know, there's lots of reading right there. If we'll pick up our Bibles and read our Bibles, you will see how people handled life. And you know what? They faced many terrible things. Uh, as you read the Bible, far worse than what many of us have experienced here. And certainly as Canadians, we are very, very blessed compared to many other parts of the world or even out through other parts of history. We are blessed if we want to draw comparisons. But, you know, I find it interesting at times how, you know, even our opinions and our thinking, that when you start reading the Word of God, it changes. That you, you can have a thought or you can have an opinion towards something, but as soon as you get into the Word of God, how that opinion can change. Things start to look differently. You start to get the view of God. And we need that. We need the view of God in our lives and to have that. And we get that through reading the Word of God and through prayer. And so that's something that's very important in a, a world where we're seeing uncertainty and fear. Get back into the Word of God. Listen to what the Bible has to say. Get back into prayer and, and just to hear what uh, God is saying to you personally. And, you know, throughout the Bible, there's many, many passages of Scripture where God addresses His people in times of uncertainty and fear. And we could read many of those to you this morning, but I just thought we'd focus on the passage that we read uh, here in Hebrews uh, uh, 12, because here uh, the author is uh, addressing some of the fears and uncertainties that the Jewish believers were facing at the time. See, they were worried about their future because persecution was beginning to arise there, and there was a lot of pressure in society to return back to Judaism. And, uh, you know, to fit better in with society and the things that are going on in society, that it would be a better choice just to go back to Judaism rather than serve Jesus Christ. And, you know, kind of we look at our world today, there's a lot of things that society is trying to push on you today to make you live like society instead of what God's Word is telling you to live by. And the people could see for themselves that, you know what, things didn't really look that great. They could see that, yes, persecution was arising. Uh, they could see that, you know, things were actually going to get worse in their world. But yet they were still looking to God. And if you look at the history after that time, you'll see that the persecution did increase. Uh, there was an invasion by foreign nations. Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, their place of worship was destroyed. And so 
obviously these people could see in the natural, you know what, there were some legitimate concerns out there. Yet in the midst of all of that, the author of the book of Hebrews, he wrote an inspiring letter that helped the early Christians to hold on to their faith and even to grow in their faith, even in times of fear and uncertainty. He pointed out the importance that their faith in Jesus is most important. And that's something that we need to realize as well today. Our faith in Jesus is the most important thing to hold on to. And, and that your faith in Christ, it's sound, it's superior to all others. And the book of Hebrews is a great book to read just to encourage you in your own faith that, yes, you have made the right choice in your decision to follow Jesus Christ. Great book uh, to read in that regard. But we're just going to look this morning at these uh, first uh, verses, these first 13 verses of Hebrew 12, kind of gives us some practical advice uh, uh, and some reminders how we successfully can deal with our fears and our uncertainties in the world that we're living in today. And the first thing that the Bible tells us about dealing with fear and uncertainty is to remember those who've gone on before us. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. It really is a, a picture of a stadium uh, uh, of people that are surrounding you and cheering you. Uh, we had a small stadium at our rodeo here as a, that place is full, watching what's happening there in that arena. Well, God wants to, you to have a picture that there is a stadium full of people far larger than what we have in this town that is watching you, observing you, that wants to encourage you. And, and there are people here that uh, we have that have faced life, experienced life, uh, long before we ever came along, before we were ever born. You need to realize that there's people here that they saw your birth. Uh, they saw you when you were a baby. And here you are as an adult, and you have kids of your own, and yet those people are still around that know you, saw you, and have faced many experiences in life. And they can offer such huge wisdom and encouragement if we're open to that. You know, I think we need to be careful, because I really see, if I would say, spirits that are out there, I would say there's a spirit of Rehoboam out there. And what do I mean by that? Well, King Rehoboam was the son of King Solomon. King Solomon was the smartest man on the earth. And when his son uh, had the opportunities to, to succeed his father, everything was planned out for him. His father had advisors for him. He was totally set up. He had all kinds of money, probably the richest man in the world. But he made a huge mistake. He got rid of all of his father's advisors, and he began to look to his own generation to see what his own generation would think and that they would follow what they think. And we see the result was that the kingdom was divided, was taken away from him. He lost all his vast treasures, uh, lost a lot of his power because he looked to his own generation and didn't bother looking to the generation that was ahead of him that could offer him the advice that he really needed. And if you want to deal with the fear and uncertainties of life, listen to those who've gone on before you. You know, we are blessed in this church to have multiple generations from uh, babies uh, to seniors in their 90s. There's a lot of wisdom that is in this church. There's a lot of wisdom that is surrounding us right here. You don't have to go outside and look for it. There's a lot of wisdom that can be found right here. And, and you know what? They do have your best interest in mind. They do want to encourage you. 
They do want to give you valuable advice to, to save you from many of the traps that are out there in our world. We also have many of our loved ones that have also gone before us in heaven. Uh, you know, sometimes we just, people go off to heaven, we just think, oh, well, that's wonderful, that's good. You think they're just in heaven, just having a good time, or I think they're quite busy praying for us still. I, I think they're quite busy saying, Lord, my son down there, my, my nephew, Lord, or, or this individual or that individual. I think that there's a lot of prayers that are still happening in heaven. And, and there's an audience that wants the very best for you. And, and that's praying for you to succeed. So learn from those who've gone on before you. Don't be too proud to listen to their advice and perspective, especially when you are going through times of fears and uncertainties, because they really can help you. There is a great cloud of witnesses. You don't have to look up to heaven to see it. They're right here in this church today. If you look around, there's some awesome, awesome people right here that have valuable, valuable advice that they can give to you and help you and encourage you and strengthen you as you face some of those things in life. Then secondly, the Bible reminds us that there are costs to living your faith. You know, life isn't always easy. Even as a Christian, you'll go through times when you'll face trials, disappointments, times where things seem to get all turned around in your life. Those things do happen. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that, you know, you still don't have some struggles that come your way. Again, listen to Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. See, the Christian life is considered an endurance race. You got to work at it. You know, it's not just, you know, let's go for a year and I'm done. Or let's go for 10 years and then I'm done. No, it's a lifelong pursuit. You don't stop in that race. You don't stop running. You keep running. Yes, I know if you've ever been in a marathon or if you've ever been just in a couple mile race, you kind of get tired. You so, sometimes, you know, you kind of been praying for a, a second win uh, to help you to finish the race. Well, that's Christianity. You got to keep working at it. Sometimes, you know what? You might get really tired and down and physically, emotionally burnt right out. You need a second win. You got to keep looking at it. You got to keep looking to your Savior to help you to finish that race. You know, there will be things in your life where, uh, you know, you will battle with. There will be things in your life that maybe you need to give up. Uh, there will be failures that will happen in your life, uh, things that sometimes make you stumble, things that will slow your progress, sin uh, that you will need to deal with, and some patient endurance that you will need to develop in your life. And that's certainly one of the areas that the Bible talks about a lot, that in troubling times, it says, for God's people, what you really need is patient endurance. Because life's not always easy. Life isn't always fair. But you need to learn to deal with fears, disappointments, failures, bumps along the way, or anything else that might come your way and cause uncertainty or fear in your life. There's costs to living life and living your faith. And you need to be ready and need to be willing to count the cost. Be willing to remove things in your lives that maybe are hindering your life or hindering that relationship with God. And it doesn't really 
you know, sometimes we think, oh, is it sinful or is it not sinful? If it's sinful, okay, well, I won't. Friends, it, it's past that. It's past whether it's sinful or not. If it's hindering your relationship with God, get rid of it. Push it out of the way. And when we do sin, when we do really trip up, get back up. Don't stay down. So many people, you've watched that in the Olympics where people have stumbled and fall and they just walked off the course that I'm done. But then there was those inspiration people that got up and start running again. And there's all kinds of videos on YouTube about that where you'll see that people, not only did they pick themselves back up, they actually won the race. That's how hard they ran and, and they won that race. And so never think that you can't win the race. You always can run the race if you keep yourself in the race. So keep that in mind. So when we sin or when we make mistakes, keep serving God. Pick yourself back up again. Count the cost. Say, you know what? I missed it. Okay, that's behind me. I'm going forward, and, and I'm just going to keep following Jesus all the way. Then thirdly, in dealing with fear and uncertainty, we need to remember to keep the focus on Jesus. You know what? This is so very, very important. I think it's the greatest need for every Christian right now in our world. Focus on Jesus. There's so much distraction right now, even in Christian circles. You know, look here, look there, look over this way, look this way. And I'm hearing his voice real clear say, look to me, look to Jesus. That's where your focus needs to be. Hebrews 12, 2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding a chain, and now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. You know, I really cannot stress how important it is right now and lots of fear and confusion that is out there, and I see it even in the church, not just in the world. Get your focus back on Christ. He's our Lord. He's the author. He's the finisher of your faith. And so if you're worried about faith, get back to where your focus is on him. That's where it needs to be. Get close to Jesus. Get real close to Jesus. Because there's a lot of voices out there that, you know what? They're not Jesus. There's a lot of voices out there that are saying, you know, I have Jesus' authority, or this angel told me this, or this angel told me that, or this prophet told me this, or this prophet told me that. Listen, you can hear from Jesus for yourself. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, history and the Bible both prove that the real answer in life is to keep the focus on Jesus. And that's what I've been trying to do as a pastor here as well, you know, with all the things that are happening in our world today, we could talk about all those things. And you know, sometimes people say, well, why aren't you talking about more about Because I already see the word tells me, keep the focus on Jesus. That's where the focus needs to be. You know, and I know there's a lot of good ideas out there. There's a lot of good advice out there. But as Christian, as Christian we really need to take all that and balance it out with, where's your focus? Is it on those things? Or is it the one that you proclaim that you serve? Because that's where our focus needs to be. He's the one that will guide us. He will lead us. He's the champion. He's the author. He's the finisher of our salvation. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you want life, he's the life. He's the way. There's no other way to heaven but him. And, you know, he's won our salvation by dying on a cross. He paid the price for our sin. He endured the pain and suffering for us on the cross. He knows what pain and suffering 
is all about. So he really needs to be the person that we need to be listening to. We've got a wonderful Savior, a superior Savior. He is all that we need. So let us keep our eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. And I, I really find the Lord is really speaking so much today. Uh, I'm really finding it amazing uh, to be watching that as I talk with people and share with people, and especially people uh, that are not Christians, and you begin to talk to them and lead them to God. Uh, and then just to say, look, you know what? You just need to talk to Jesus. And how quickly they can transfer over and start actually talking with Jesus and hearing Jesus speak into their lives. And uh, we need to be doing that. Uh, we need to be submitting ourselves to him, listening for his voice to speak into our lives. And uh, as we do that, we'll take the right roads in life. Now, during this time as well, we're seeing a lot of reevaluating, reevaluation of faith. And as I said before, what I'm praying for during this time is that people will have encounters with Jesus because that is happening. You know, remember years back, people always used to say, well, the Muslim people, they're having these encounters with Jesus and they're turning their life uh, over to God. Well, I'm finding that's happening with everybody today, that people are encountering you. They're having dreams, they're having visions. Uh, they're just having moments where uh, they're just having this new enlightenment that comes in their way that they realize there is a God and that God desires to, to work in their lives, that God loves them and cares about them. And, you know, we need those kinds of things, fresh encounters with Jesus. But we're not going to get a fresh encounter if we're looking at all these other things that are all around us. Keep the focus on Jesus. You know, it's like uh, if you ever watch horse racing, uh, you'll find that they have those little blinders on the sides. And that's to help them to keep the focus on the track, not on all the people who are watching them. And, you know, sometimes I think we nearly need a pair of those ourselves, that we might keep the focus straight and narrow, keep it on Jesus. And so, you know, I, I know there's just so many ideas out there today, and I could go through all of them, but I, I'm not here to do that. I'm just here to tell you, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. You're focusing on anything else, I'm going to tell you, it's going to mess you up. It's really going to mess you up. It'll mess the church up. You've got to keep the focus on Jesus. It's the smartest and biggest choice every Christian, I believe, needs to be making right now to be focusing on Jesus. You know, remember that old chorus, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, life is worth living just because he lives. Keep the focus on Jesus. That's so very, very important. If you miss out my other points, please remember that one. Keep the focus on Jesus. Then a fourth thing to remember when dealing with fear and uncertainty is that times of discipline and growth will occur in our lives. And, you know, when you use that word discipline, it usually doesn't bring good thoughts to your mind. Uh, but in, when God deals with the discipline, there's already something good that's going to take place. The outcome is always going to be good unless we're kind of hard learners or stubborn. And uh, if we're stubborn, then obviously we need to work with our stubbornness that we might be listening to be guided by Jesus himself. Hebrews 12, 36 says, Think of all the hostility endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you haven't given up your lives and your struggle against sin. 
And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as a child. And this kind of gives us a little bit different picture. We don't like those words correction. We don't like those words discipline. But sometimes God will lead us into a season where there's some correction that takes place, where there's some discipline that takes place. I, I think we would rather hear the words where growth will take place. And that is the outcome of those times. God will bring growth into our lives. And that's his desire. He wants us to grow. He wants us to mature uh, in our faith. And so that's something you need to be mindful of as you go through times of fear and uncertainty. What's the Lord trying to say to you? What's the Lord trying to speak to you? Uh, what are things that are happening? It's always a good time to examine yourself and, and examine, like, why am I fearful? Why is there so uncertainty? Why am I all caught up in all these things that are going around in our world? And why is my focus all over the place? Sometimes you need to ask yourself that so that you might get yourself back in that place where God wants you to be, where he can guide you and lead you, direct you, discipline you, correct you. All those things all go together that we might become stronger uh, in our faith. You know, seasons of uncertainty and fear are exactly that. They're seasons. They were never meant for you to stay there. And I know for some people, they kind of stayed in their season uh, of fear. They've stayed in their season uh, of uncertainty and, you know, kind of complaining as we go through that journey. And I know we all do that at times ourselves. But we need to really press into God, see what God is really saying. And we all make mistakes. Uh, we all have areas in our lives where we can improve and, and do better. And that's something God wants from each of us. He wants us to be looking at ourselves that we might be better, that we might do good. And, and so when times of discipline come or correction come or times where God is growing you, it may not be the most enjoyable time, but it's going to be one of your greatest testimonies in life as you look back to be able to show people, look what God has done in my life. And I can tell you there's numbers of people here in this church that they've gone through some difficult times, hard times. But you know what? There's a lot of them that can testify today to say, oh, but look what God has done. Look what God has brought me through and has brought me from. And, and you know, I, that time was terrible. I hated it. But you know what? God made me a stronger believer. God has brought me into new things that I see now. I have a greater faith than I've ever had before. Well, that's what God wants to do in your life. So hang in there if you're going through one of those times. Because uh, you know what? God has a great plan. He always turns our trials into a testimony. That's his desire for us. And as you realize that, you know, there will be times of testing that will come in your life. You know, he doesn't want you to stay in your hurt. He doesn't want you to stay in that area. He wants you to move forward and move on and keep following him. So don't stay in those areas. Look to move on. Look to move on. And then lastly, kind of that's this part here. It says, we need to remember that a new day is coming. And as that new day comes, you need to be ready to step into it. You know, we all go through seasons in life and nature itself, it goes through seasons. There are seasons in your life that, we're never meant for you to stay there, but it was a season for you to take a next step into the next season. And so Hebrews 12, 12 to 13 says, So take a new grip with your tired hands 
and strengthen your weak knees. Make out, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Take a new grip. Take a step. Get determined again to serve the Lord. You know, if you've been taking time to time off to reevaluate your faith, uh, don't wait any longer, but choose to step out into the new season that God has for you. And, you know, if you've gone <clears throat> through a season of learning or growing, maybe you've gone through a season of discipline. It's never meant for you to stay there. You're to step into a new season that God has for you. See, life will be better. You will feel strengthened again. You will become stronger again. You will be able to leave the past and move forward into your new season because the new season is waiting for you. But you need to make the choice to step into it. You're the one that needs to make, take that new grip. You know, I realize that there's a lot of people out there right now that are talking about there's a new season that is upon us. And I believe that. I believe there's a new season for the church. I believe there's a new season for us as Christians, for us to step into, that God wants to do some new things uh, in our world and in our churches. But we got to make the step. It's not just going to happen by itself. You need to take the step. Say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to take the next step into the next season that you have for me. And I know that, you know, fears, uncertainties is one of those areas that can kind of keep you in the old season. And we need to get past the fears and uncertainties, get close to Jesus, and Jesus will take care of the rest. He really does. He'll give you the guidance. He'll direct you. He'll lead you. He'll help you. And he'll prosper you into that next season. And so really encourage you to do that. Take a new grip. Time to take a new grip. And, and, and I'm seeing that. I'm seeing people do that. I'm praying for people that maybe have still maybe are out there in that field of uncertainty and still reevaluating that they're going to come very quickly now into a, a process where they start realizing, I do need God. And as they return, they're going to return with much greater power, much greater seal, and want more from God. And I trust that you're here today, that uh, you're here today because you want more God, or you're in church today because you're saying, you know what, I'm searching, Pastor. I want more from God. And, and so, hey, I'm checking you guys out. Well, I hope you, you realize that's what we want. We, we want more of God. We want to experience more of Jesus Christ into our lives. And so if you want to join us, you're more than welcome to do so. So in closing, you know, I do believe God is a new season for us as individuals and for us as a church. I still believe that God has good plans for this church and for us as a people, even in the midst of all the uncertainties and all the things that are happening around us. But there are choices we need to make in areas where we need to humble ourselves and acknowledge that maybe we've been allowing fear and uncertainty to cloud our judgment in our lives and to take a new step towards God, take a new grip and focus on Jesus, because he really is the answer that we all need. We need Jesus. Let's press in to Jesus. And maybe you're here today, and you're maybe new to this whole faith thing, but you've been searching, you've been looking, and, and maybe you're thinking today, you know what, that's what I need. I need to turn my life over to Jesus. And, and friend, to do that, it's really a simple process uh, we welcome people to come to the front. We'll gladly pray with you at the end of the service if you'd like us to pray with you. But you can do that right from where you're at and just say, Jesus, I know that you're real. 
I've been recognizing that you're becoming more and more real in my life. And I welcome you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to help me with my sin. I ask you to help me to step into a new season where I will experience more of you. And just a simple prayer from your heart. You know, there's no special formula. I know we all have the sinner's prayer and those kinds of things. It comes from the heart. Speak what's in your heart to the Lord, and the Lord indeed will minister you and touch you and encourage you. So if you want to come and be a part of this church, I can guarantee you something that we're going to be doing. We're going to keep the focus on Jesus. He's the most important person, and that's where we want to be. We want to keep the focus on him. And yes, I know there's things happening around us. That's not that, you know, you've come oblivious to what your surroundings are, but you really got to, in those times, there's so many things taking our attention away from what where it really needs to be, and that needs to be on Jesus. Keep the focus there, and he'll help you to deal with all the fears, all these uncertainties that are out there in life. Keep focusing on Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you do love us, and you do care about us. I thank you that you are encountering people more and more and more. Father, I'm thankful that you've been encountering people of this world. Lord, uh, sometimes you vision, sometimes you dream, sometimes you circumstances. Sometimes, Lord, they just have a revelation of you. And I thank you, Lord, that you are doing that, that you are drawing people to yourself and people are coming to new faith in Jesus Christ. Father, we want to pray as well for all those that maybe, Lord, have walked away and they're in, they're in a time of reevaluation. And Lord, uh, we're not really patient people, and I know you tell us that we need patient endurance. So God, help us, Lord, to keep encouraging those that maybe have walked away, that maybe are in that time of reevaluating. And I pray that, Lord, that you would just send people, send us, Lord, we're available, send us, but send people to them, Lord, that would encourage them, that, Lord, to get back into the faith, to get back into serving you, Jesus, because there is no life without Jesus Christ in our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray, do a work. I, I pray for fresh encounters, Lord, in this church and, and into the people that come to this church. That, Lord, that during uh, worship time, during preaching time, or during just when people are here at church, that, Lord, that you would encounter them. You would touch them. You would make their faith very, very real. And that people would leave this place encouraged and knowing that Jesus cares about them, that Jesus is real. So, Lord Jesus, we welcome you into this church. We welcome you to come and, and speak into our lives. We welcome you to give us uh, signs and wonders and vision. So we welcome you to do miracles, uh, Lord, in this place. We welcome you to do healings in this place. We welcome you, Lord, uh, to turn sinners totally around. Lord, to transform people. We, we pray that, Lord, even the worst of the worst, Lord, would come to you and experience you and be totally transformed by your power. We welcome the working of Jesus in this place. We welcome the work of Jesus and to people who are listening today online that, God, they just happen maybe just to be flipping through Facebook and happen to come uh, on today that, Lord, they realize it's not by accident that you're listening and that, Lord, you're going to encourage them today. Keep their eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus. He is the answer.
that you need. He is the answer that we need in life. He is the answer that our politicians need, our doctors need, everything that's happening in our world. The answer is Jesus. It really is. And I pray that, Lord, you begin to show that to them. And we ask that through your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen.